create history with every stride at the LNT Sea Bridge Marathon, a unique opportunity for runners to conquer a course over the sea at the LNT Sea Bridge Marathon, a breathtaking 42-kilometer route on India's longest sea bridge. The Atal Bihari Vajpayee, Siri Nava Sheva Atal Setu, on 18th February, LNT Sea Bridge Marathon, in association with MMRDA and the Times of India, medical partner, Zainova Shalbi Multi-Specialty Hospital, protein partner, Way 91. Quiet, please. Quiet, please. The American Broadcasting Company presents Quiet, Please which is written and directed by Willis Cooper and which features Ernest Chappell. Quiet, please, for tonight is called Tangle Foot. Back in the old days when GI didn't mean general issue, it just meant galvanized iron. I used to be a plumber. There are no cracks about leaving tools in the shop when you go out on a job. Because if a plumber took along all the tools he's liable to need on a job he don't know nothing about till he gets there, he'd need one of those moving vans to tote them. Just the same, what you can do with a 14-inch Stilson wrench and a mitt full of oakum, you'd be surprised at. This place where I work, well, you ever smell a plumbing shop? And I tell you what you smell. Oakum, first thing. Like creosote. That's what you start with. Linseed oil, that's in the red lead you use on the joints and stuff. You smell a hot lead where the kids melting down scrap lead into little pigs you can put in your bag. Galvanized iron. Yeah, sure, you can smell galvanized iron. Go past the bins where they keep the L's and the T's and the street L's and the cuplins and the unions. All sizes. And 14 sizes. You can smell galvanized iron, all right. You yeah, know the smell of rats that live back behind the bins. And gasoline burning in the blowtorches and the furnaces. And the thing I remember best of all, the smell of the flypaper. My heavens, there seemed to be flypaper every place. I don't know, maybe in the old days there was more of it or there was more flies or something. Seemed like every place you went, you run into flypaper. Remember that smell? Like varnished with sugar in it? Like taffy that got spoiled? Kind of a fascinating smell in a sicky way. Think about it and you'd kind of think, yeah, no wonder the flies liked this smell and went for it. Smell? Sure flies can smell. They got smellers that'll make a bloodhound jealous if they know it. And the flies got lots of things. Yeah, you got a jillion eyes, six fancy legs, wings, and a trunk like an elephant. Only littler, the Bosques, they call it. Huh? Ah, not the flies. They can't talk. Boy, how do you break good? I know a lot about flies. I'll tell you about it. I can see it today. There was people living upstairs above the plumbing shop where I worked. That was in the summer of 1915, I guess, or quite a while ago. Their back porch hung over the back porch of the shop. Uh, 
uh, made kind of a shed where we used to thread pipe, melt up scrap lead, stuff like that. And Ricketts, the horse, used to be tied up back there in the alley with a wagon. When he was working back there, it was quiet and shady and hot. All you could hear was Ricketts stamping his feet and switching his tail at the flies. And maybe the ooh, the gasoline furnace. And whoever he was working with talking kind of lazy and slow in the heat. And boy, was it hot. I and Herbie... We was threading three-quarter-inch black iron pipe. You want the boat excursion tonight, Buck? Yeah, what boat excursion? Crawfish Club. On the Percy Swing tonight. Well, I thought it was tomorrow. No, tonight. Yeah, that's good enough. Get another length of pipe. Hot, ain't it? Ninety-one's around the edge. In the shade. It's hot for old Ricketts out there in the sun. His head's in the shade. What's he hollering about? Flies, I guess. You put the fly netting on him. Yeah. Look out, don't step in the fly paper. Yeah, fly paper every place. That bird chin Katie's nuts about fly paper. Doggone stuff. Get it all over the place. Well, that's where you're throwing it. You thread up the fly paper. I'll take care of the fly paper. You think with all that stuff around, there wouldn't be so many flies? Flies are smart. How do you mean? Smart. fly paper. Fly paper's always full of them. And them's the dumb flies. Smart ones look at it and smell it and fly away. Land on people and horses. Take a bite. They'll live longer. I wonder how long flies live. I don't know. Too long. Any more length of pipe we ain't threaded? Here. I wonder what guys think about eating. That's what I'm thinking about. What time is it? Look at that fancy new wristwatch of yours. Busted. Must be pretty near noon. Gonna go home, do you? Wanna go with me? I wasn't hinting. <laughs> Heck, you wasn't. Well, <laughs> no flies on you, but I'll uh, make some ice cream she left for me. Your mom home? No, she went up to Peoria's this morning. P.A. Bergner's got a sale or something. Well, I could stop at Ruins and get some boiled ham or something. We could make sandwiches. Oh, we got some. Well, I'd have to get something there. We'll eat them off you. Yeah. It's 12 o'clock. Let's go. Yeah, she don't like ice cream. 
If you want some more, I'm full. Thanks. We can set a couple minutes more. It's only 20 to 1. Yeah. I'm thinking about flies. Are you crazy about flies today? Well, I just got to thinking about it. And what became of your dad? He's out the backyard. It's hot. He likes to get under the coal shed to keep cool. Maybe you hunted him yourself. Wished I had a pet fly. <laughs> You're crazy. Got a pet fly. Fasten your rope on him. Lead him around. Many little bitsy rope you'd have to have. Now, this would be a great big fly. Big as a dog. What kind of a dog? I like that old collie of Masterson. When I fly that big bite, you'd be ruined. I'm looking at a fly with a magnifying glass the other day. Yeah. I've seen one once. Got the meanest looking faces I've ever seen. Great big eyes. Chilling eyes. Look at you from all over. Always washing their faces like a cat. Big Clary Jones. Oh, sure. Jones, though. Gee. That yeah, big fly'd sure be something. Sure be a swell pet, though. If you could tame him. Oh, I'd tame him all right. Maybe the fly tamer. Be as big and strong as a bull. Have to put a big chain on him. He'd fly away with you. Maybe I could train him to take me places. Fly, you know. Yeah, you should think of the educated fly. Flies are smart. Fly paper catches and good old tanglefoot boy. You have to have an awful big piece of tanglefoot to catch this old boy. Ain't that much tanglefoot in the world. There ain't no fly like that in the world either. <laughs> well, boy, if there was. Didn't you hear the whistle? Come on, play the one. Yeah. I wonder what you'd feed a fly that big. Have to feed them people, I guess. Come on, let's go. Now, I remember it was pretty near three, four months later. It was just getting kind of the first days of fall, and people were starting to burn dry leaves along the curbstone. Herbie and me was fixing a hot water heater for Frank and Edith Gibbons, the telegraph operator. Live out there where Washington runs into Court Street? Kind of cool that day, I remember. Mrs. Gibbons, she was jawing at us because she said we were so slow. She wanted that hot water heater fixed right this minute. She wanted to take a bath before the chicken pie supper at the Christian church. She had to put the icing yet on two devil's food cakes, and would we please hurry up? She was all of a tizzy. Well, finally, Henry come with a reducer tea we was waiting for. Mrs. Gibbons, she went out to the kitchen to look at the cakes, and don't go banging things around and make my cakes fall, she said. I said, yes, ma'am, for about the... Forty-teenth time, and she shut the door. I laid down my ball-peen hammer. I said, whew. Me too. Why can't women leave you alone? I get the union after her. She thinks she knows so much about plumbing. Well, at least it's cool. What's the matter? Yeah, I got my elbow on the flypaper. My heavens, what she still got flypaper around for? Yeah, let me do it. Oh, got to take off the skin, too. Squirt me some gasoline on it. I got guck all over me. Ain't been any flies for three weeks. I need more gasoline. I know where there's a fly. Huh? I know where there's a fly. Well, why don't you swat him? Well, two reasons. 
first, I uh, kind of liked this fly. Like him? Raised him from a pup. Herbie. Hmm? Raised the fly from a pup? Second thing is, you want to swap this fly, you better have a baseball bat. What? This here fly is eight inches long. Huh? Hand me the red lead. How big? Maybe nine. Where are you going? Miss Jennings. What are you calling her for? Miss Jennings, call up the asylum. Herbie Butterworth is seeing flies nine inches long. Here, under the coal shed. Come on, Teddy. Here, Teddy boy. Here, Teddy. Come on, Teddy. Come on out there, boy. in and pull him out. Come on, dog, come on. Buck. Huh? He's dead. You ain't ever seen anybody. Anything I mean that a, that a fly killed? No, I don't mean killed by putting germs on him or like that. I mean, who murdered my fly? This here fly killed Teddy that was Herbie Butterworth's dog that was a hound dog that weighed 42 pounds on John Aper's scales the day before. This here fly just up and killed poor old Teddy. But maybe Teddy was scared to death by the fly first because nobody in the whole great big wide world ever seen a fly that was eight, nine inches long. Nobody but first Herbie and then Teddy. And afterwards, me... I ain't found him yet. Maybe he got froze to death. Kind of scares me, Buck. Don't it you? He comes after me. I'll bat him on the head. He'll come flying up to you. Come flying up. You won't even see his wings. You know how flies' wings is. You can see through them. Maybe he's froze to death. Flies can't stand cold weather. They die. They don't always die. Sometimes they go into, what is it, a comma? When they get warm, they come to again. And then they're hungry. Well, I think he's dead. Because we ain't heard about anybody croaking, you know, with a, with a mystery. Not since Teddy... Hey, I can still see that dog. Try not thinking about Teddy. Maybe you ought to leave some flypaper around. Big hunks of flypaper. I got flypaper all around the coal bin there where he was. Heavy enough? It don't have to be so heavy. He lands on a hunk of tangle-footed. It'll get all stuck to the hair and hair. Hair on his legs. Flies got hair on their legs. Real hair? More like bristles. Like spikes, kind of. He gets flypaper stuck in his legs, his wings. He ain't gonna go skidding around much. Maybe he's dead. Sure hope not. Hope not? Well, I, I kind of liked him. Till he ate up Teddy. I'd be just as satisfied to finally get to see him. Yeah, it must be quite a sight, though. 
like looking at a fly through a magnifying glass. Sure glad he only got to be eight, nine inches long. Oh, I hate to lose him. I could put him in a circus or, or a sideshow or something. Make a jillion dollars. Take him up to Chicago. People would come from miles and miles around. Oh, was zoo just about a museum like that one. Where is it, New York? Yeah, he was quite a thing. He used to eat mice. I went and caught mice and, and let him have them. Ought to see what he'd do to a dead mouse. Oh, thank you kindly. I've seen what he'd done to Teddy. How'd you get him so big, Herbie? Huh? Secret, Buck. That's so? I bet if he'd lay an egg. The egg would be bigger. I mean, the pup would be bigger than he was. Fly egg. Bigger than a hen's egg it'd be. Bigger than maybe a turkey egg. Maybe he's dead. Yeah. He comes after me, I'm going to shoot him. My old 12 Ah, you couldn't hit a balloon with a bull fiddle. Hit him all right. Hello, Louise. How do you do? Who's that, Buck? I don't know. Just moved to town from someplace in Ohio, Iowa, someplace. Louise. Louise McGinty, McKinley, McKinney, something like that. Where'd you know her? Met her at Empire Hall, that dance the other night. What dance? Social Athletic Club. Uh huh. Well, night. See you at the shop in the morning. So long. The cold, ain't it? Yeah, gonna snow. Feels like snow. More busted water pipes. Yeah. Uh, so long, Buck. Say at, uh, at Louise, what's your name? That's something, ain't it? Yeah, I feel like that there type. I like it. Say, uh, Herbie. What? Listen. What? Listen, that... That great big fly of yours. Yeah? On the level now. Is there a great big fly? Huh? Couldn't you just be... Well, I just thought about it all of a sudden. I've never seen this here fly. You mean you think I'm just fooling? I was wondering. I was just making it up. Was you? No. I wasn't making it up. I just wondered. Listen, Buck. I never made that up. Listen, I wish there was. I wish I'd never started making flies grow big. I would have stopped when I got one this big... I, wish I don't know whether to believe you or not. Listen, Buck, when I think what that there fly... You remember way back last summer when we first talked about it? You said, what would you feed a great big fly? Yeah. Remember what you said? What? You said people. People, you said. That's what you'd feed them. Oh. oh yeah. Listen, Buck, he already had a dog. That we know about. What if he... If he ain't dead by now and all is cold, he must be... Must be what? Hungry. Third of December, 1915. Yeah, seven, six, five, four, three, the third, the night Herbie and me talked like I told you. I remember because on the seventh, the Boy Scouts had a movie at the Capitol Theater. It used to be the Standard Theater. And there was a kid with a bugle blowing it out front. That was the seventh. That was the night Bert Kincaid phoned me up from the shop and Mayor Watson came over from kind of next door and told me Bert was calling me. An hour later, Bert, uh, he said, you and Herbie Butterworth go right away to these people, these McKinleys or McKinleys or McKinneys, whichever it was, because their friend or something was wrong with it and they was hollering and they was freezing. 
And I should go right on over and Herbie would meet me there. He was already on the way with the rickets and the wagon and the tools. So I said, all right, and I went home and put on my overshoes and my army sweater. And I'm over there. See, the place is only two doors away from where Herbie lived, there by the Garfield School. And that's why he was there already, see? I never even bothered to knock on the door. I just went around to the cellar door with my Coleman lantern and I come on down and Herbie was there already sitting on the cellar steps, so I just about fell over him. I'm not looking very happy. Say, I said, I thought there was freezing to death here in this house with a busted furnace that's not cold down here. It's warm, I said. I fixed it. Huh? I fixed the furnace. This valve was corroded, and I put a new one on. I fired up. It's all right. Well, what you setting on the cellar stairs for, then, if it's all fixed? What you setting around here for? Well, I... What are you looking so crabby about? Anybody ought to be crabby, it's me. I walked halfway across town. I'm about... What you so crabby about? <laughs> She's down here. Who? Louise, you know, the McKinley gal or whatever her name is. Where? <laughs> oh. And that's why I ain't welcome to's company. Three, Shut up. Gonna <laughs> make some time, huh? Shut up. She'll hear you. Where is she? I went back there in the preserve closet. What for? Gonna bring you a jar of apple butter? The old man makes elderberry wine. <laughs> Got some bottles back there he brought from Ohio or Iowa or whatever it is. Three years old. I sure like elderberry wine. I know it. Well, I tell you, Herbie, I'm a good guy. I'm your friend, Herbie. Seeing you got everything fixed up, I'll beat it. You don't have to go. I never stood in the guy's way, Herbie. I'll go out into the cold and the snow. Ain't no snow. I'll go right home and read V.C. Allensworth's editorials in the Times, and I'll leave the coast clear for you. You don't have to do that, Buck. Just as soon as I have one drink of elderberry wine. Hmm. Know that there was a catch in it. Uh, I'll go right away, honest, Herbie. <laughs> hey. You've been telling her about giant flies and things. Cut it out. That thing's dead. I guess if it ever was alive. You got the makings? Got some tailor-mades. Nebos? Yeah, much obliged. Ain't you smoking? Nah. What you doing, making that wine? Well, a man probably hit it for herself. You give her a good smacking if you find she's smoking. <laughs> probably give you a good smacking, too, hmm? Why'd you yell at her? The folks will hear upstairs. Louise, shut up. <laughs> hey, Louise, shut up, Buck. Come on, let's go help her, Nix. Louise, you want some help? Buck, the people will hear you. In here? Hey, Louise. I thought maybe you needed some... Louise? Herbie, 
be fainted tonight. Back there by the furnace pipes. I could see them eyes. The Chilean eyes. And that trunk like elephant. It kind of buzzed and wiggled its eyes at me and rubbed its face with its... And paused like a cat washing its face after dinner. And I tried to holler, but all I could hear was this buzzing, that's all. And then it kind of stumbled out from the pipes and it jumped and it came right past my face and it, it flew kind of sagging, kind of out of the corner of my eye. I seen it. It flew right out into the furnace room and the furnace door was open and the fire...
story is Tanglefoot. It was written and directed by Willis Cooper, and the man who spoke to you was Ernest Chappell. And my friend Kirby was played by Jack Lascouli. As usual, music for choir, please, is by Albert Berman, and the sound by William J. McClintock. Now for a word about next week's choir, please. Here is our writer-director, Willis Cooper. Okay, Bill? Thank you for listening to Quiet, please. We've got a story for you next week. A strange title of The Hat and the Bed and John J. Catherine. The Hat and the Bed and John J. Catherine. Next week. So till next week at the same time, I am quietly yours, Ernest Chapel. This is ABC, the American Broadcasting Company.